Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Confessions of a Reformer. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro, and um, got a special treat for you today, which I'm excited to share with you. Um, before we get into that, though, I want to share a tragic story. As you guys know, I am currently going on the journey of using Invisalign, so I have these trays that I put in my mouth to move my teeth, and I scrub them. I brush my teeth nine times a day now, right? I think that I've said that here before, but anyway... Um, I had a meeting with somebody recently, and they brought a turmeric coconut milk drink for me, and so I drank it while we were chatting. I didn't take my Invisalign off like I normally do for stuff like that. I just left it in and uh, didn't think about it, and when I took my teeth out next for dinner, my trays were bright neon yellow. They weren't orange, they weren't brown, neon yellow. I don't know how that happened. I scrubbed them seven times, and they're still neon yellow. Anyway, that happened. Life goes on. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, you guys, I've got some special guests here with me today. Um, I have Andrew and Melissa McQuillan here. Um, I want them to get to share a bit of their story. We had dinner last week and um, just mm-hmm. the things that are going on in their world and things they've walked with the Lord through have just been, it's fascinating and inspiring. And I just, mm-hmm. I mean, the presence of God was just resting on the table while we chatted and it was mm-hmm. beautiful. So I just wanted to be, to be able to give them a platform to share some of what they've been through with their walking out with the Lord, and I feel like you guys are really going to benefit and be blessed from just mm-hmm. their journey and what they've experienced and mm-hmm. grown and all that. So anyway, um, Andrew, Melissa, thanks for joining me today. Yeah. Glad you guys are here. Oh, uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, so before we talk anything, I want you guys to just give the audience a bit of an intro. Who are you? What's your life like before we talk about any yeah. details? Yeah. Well, first, I do want to say thank you for yeah. having us. You're it's, welcome. It is an honor. I'm I'm very happy to be here. Nice, thanks. <laughs> Glad you're here. Who, who we, are we? Who are we? We um, we met in college. We've been married 11 years. Uh-huh. And we have three little girls. Mm. Three years old, eight and ten. Yeah. And we came out here. Whoa, we came out three here years. in 2017 and uh, pretty desperate. We kind of ended up coming out here pretty... Out to Redding, out California. To Redding, Redding yeah. California. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, life was pretty good, and then um, things got a little bit hard. So, it was hard before coming it out. It was before coming out here. So <laughs> it, was, it was hard, and um, we kind of... A lot of stuff was kind of shifting and changing in our world. We lived outside of D.C. Um, for that time, and we kind of figured we were going to have to start over somewhere, either where we were or we could start over in California. And we kind of went through different things, different problems. I guess the first time we came out here in 2016, um, we came out for mm. a prophetic conference and that's where we met you. Yeah, actually let's yeah. talk about that just to give people some context for how you guys, how we connected. Yeah. You came here for the prophetic conference, Yeah. February of 2016, and yeah. then mm. how did we meet? Yeah. You were working 
uh, behind like a, the desk. A look of consternation. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It could have been many types of looks. I, I hadn't come to know your looks at that right. time. Yeah. I was working in the events department at Bethel yeah. Church. Yeah. So I was obviously yeah, helping yeah. run that event and they were there. And we had we had to drive from San Fran. So we came late. So we came oh, into we the to the room to get signed in. It was like the, the dining room or whatever. We came in and it was nobody else was there except the row of people to check us in and this guy with a mustache. <laughs> and he looked at us weird and what? we didn't say anything <laughs> we didn't say anything it wasn't a weird like bad I wasn't, thing there was nothing offensive no, about it it was, it was just, just it was intriguing yeah the look was intriguing because you looked intrigued yeah i was like oh i wonder what this guy's intrigued about yeah okay. but in kind of setting it up and us coming out there uh andrew wasn't in a good place he wasn't in a good place um i was giving him online tests to be like are you depressed <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and like 15 out of 18 he would say yes to but those three that weren't i was like i'm pretty sure that still means something's not right but it wasn't 18 out of so 18. we would go so we came to kind of get help and the whole week we so much started happening even the first night mm-hmm. stuff that they broke off mm-hmm. stuff started changing pretty quickly but we were so desperate to get everything possible out of our trip um, we signed up for a Sozo. We were going to the prophetic booths and everything, and we still there was still something missing. There was still we needed counsel. We needed something more than just yeah. Well, well, that's what we that's what we wanted. That's what we had thought. But I, yeah. I will interject to say it would, our week was almost complete, and yeah. um, we hadn't interacted with you, but maybe once or twice just here and there at the conference as we, we passed by. And we were sitting in our car, and our rental, and and we were talking. And I was like, you know, I, I feel good. It was after, you know, the whole week of of the of our trip, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like the, this guy, he suggested to well, meet we, with we him. Like, that was when we had to we had to actually meet you have him. To skip it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so you know, we could, so he, we had to come out. We came out to the resource center, and you just happened to be standing there. And it's so funny. I've been here three years. I've never seen you stand in that position since. Oh, like true. I don't think you're ever there. Yeah. And for some reason, yeah. you were there. Yeah. And so we came up, and we basically said that we said we we want something else. We want counsel. We want someone to hear our story and help us figure some stuff out. We don't even know what question to ask. Mm but we need help. Mm-hmm. And you kind of looked at us and were like, so I do this thing. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I help people through it. I look, I, it's a discerning thing and I help people figure stuff out and I'm really good at it. And I'm free Saturday, you know? And we were like, okay, awesome, let's do that. And then we were in the car feeling mm-hmm. pretty good mm-hmm. not knowing if we were going to show up mm. yes. to you. Yes, so yeah. f- yes, feeling pretty good and, and wondering, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe we should meet this guy or not. And, we're, and we started to pray and, and ask, hey, well, God, is this a good thing? Should we pursue this right now? And I kid you not, across from <laughs> where we were parked into the adjacent parking lot, you walked, you walked straight, you walked into, straight Red into Red Robin. It was so funny. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. No. Yeah, you had no idea. I, I think I. My life. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. not there for that. I yeah. was tempted to send you some creepy text. Yeah, we were in a little bit. But, 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 yeah. but um, so then we, we chose to meet with you. Yeah. And I can get into that. So, yeah. So, to encapsulate a lot of what that uh, talk was at that time, it was uh, you illuminated some things that I, I wasn't aware of. That once you illuminated them, I thought, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. and I lived 
a lot of my life feeling and and acting towards the assumption that if it if whatever was most difficult well that's what god's asking me to do yeah. and had this parameter on my life i wouldn't i don't know if i ever would say that out loud out outright but that's how i just yeah. thought of things in general yeah and then you you gave this other option of saying hey there's you, what god created in you is is actually a good thing and and to to value what's inside is actually obedience to God. Yeah. It's disobedience to push away what God is is making is crying out inside you. Yeah. So yeah, and like I feel like in ten minutes of hearing Andrew's story, you put language to what I had been feeling like I was coming up against for eight years mm. at that mm-hmm. point. Right. Because even things that he chose in college, he would choose it and he would hate it. Like mm-hmm. he just hated it. It's like why why would you do it if you hate it? He's like, because I need to. (laughs) But I don't, why? And so that started us on a journey. I think you kind of gave Andrew this permission to ask questions that he had never asked before, which is beautiful, except. (laughs) Well, well, from that time, from that time, actually, there was this period from that. It was like, it was a whole new world. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) It was, it really was because it was as if, the lights had come on and yeah. I got color into my life where before it was black and white. Yeah. And I started to experience life in a way where I was, I had this permission to be fully engaged. And I don't yeah. know exactly what really unlocked it, but that was such a huge piece mm-hmm. talking with you. And there was, and there was an, this pursuit of being honest with what's what I'm thinking yeah. instead of pushing down what, what, what was rising up and saying, oh, no, this is bad, so let's just kill it. It was uh, it was an appreciation of, oh, okay, no, I, I can be honest. And this is a good thing. This is a good thing to to express what's going on, to try to just yeah. be honest with her, mm-hmm. myself, and with the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a magnificent experience. Yeah. It, was, it was like living life anew, but uh, almost for the first time in a way. Yeah. And that was an experience for a number of months. And... But it also, as she was alluding to, it led me into this place of uh, going with open arms into almost any sort of thought. And, and particularly, when it, as I approached and was interacting with God, there was these certain questions in which I had asked before or thought on or, and pondered. But I had come to, I'd already known my conclusion to yeah. that so having known the conclusion it was easy for me to find oh well this is my these are the things that support or or well I, I already know what where I'm going to end up so it didn't it took the search out of it because mm. yeah. it just wasn't really and it didn't necessitate a search mm. <clears throat> but then I started thinking about it and I thought if God is real then I I should be able to go through a scientific process, a scientific method of looking at, of, of examining evidence and coming at, at that evidence authentically and, and having whatever it is find God at the other end of yeah. this scientific method, research, mm-hmm. what I call it. So there was a lot of questions there, questions about origin of life and, and things there that I started to really examine and also there's 
stuff in there too where it was more personal because for me there was this this other aspect where uh, somewhat of a bitterness or disappointment you might call it where i had there, there was this other question that i had pursued in mm. desiring to know god i want to know why why i'm here what's my purpose here mm-hmm. and i felt like I've been pursuing and pursuing and a little bit, I don't think we talked about it before, but I grew up wanting to be close to Jesus. I, I knew Jesus from a very young age mm-hmm. and so did Melissa. And so I, I had pursued him with all that I thought I, I had to pursue him, but I still felt so lost in this question that was so paramount to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember one time mm-hmm. in that, that started coming out, it was this a key question that he said or key thing that he said that I was like, I feel like there's something a little scary about it because he was like, I'm a good dad. If my kid asked me a question for eight years, I would tell him the answer. But there was this unspoken on it of like, mm. why hasn't God? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of stuff. It wasn't just those things, but a lot of stuff went into, including you felt really, really close to the Lord. And you were like doing, like he was, he would walk to work and on the way to work, meet somebody and pray for their back and they would get healed. Like there was all this stuff was happening that was so like mountaintop. But then in asking some of those questions, he started not feeling that same closeness. And I think that that was also the thing of like, why in the world would I not feel that anymore? Why would God, why would a good father and your kids asking to be close to you not make sure that you felt close to him mm-hmm. so there's a lot of stuff that went into it but it kind of we went from mountaintop to right deep so, deep down to, yeah so a dark twist dark oh twist. yeah i i i hope i can communicate that because it, it's it's something where yeah i had this experience of of this extreme high of life that i was like oh it could be like this and yeah. then it went from that to falling down yeah. into this slope yeah. that went all the way down to where I was questioning and trying to figure things out, but also letting go of things that I had held on to before. Yeah. And it, it led me to a depth of just absolute, to sum up a, a period of time, absolute uh, abandoning of my faith, yeah. where my faith was, yeah. where I had, I, I, couldn't say I believed in God. I couldn't yeah. say I believed in Jesus or, or this thing that was so foundational to me and, and yeah. what was my, the union of my heart felt like it was ripped. Yeah. And then what was left is this in, uh, tears yeah. and, and fountains of blood coming out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? True so. story though. And it's, it's, you know, those things happen somewhat gradually. But it's strange that I actually remember the day that it really ripped yeah. out. You know, because oh, yeah. um, we were asking questions, and um, as happens, a lot of his questions, because I value and respect him, and we do things together in life, his questions started freaking me out and wondering if I needed to ask those questions <laughs> too, and I didn't know if I had answers. Um, so I could start. We, I could, it's almost like a small earthquake <laughs> happening. But then we went to church one Sunday and there was a distinct difference, like just standing next to him in worship. It was a, con- 
it was totally different. And I, everything in me, and I, at the time I didn't have a lot of language for discerning things or even uh, really knowing if when I'm, do I acknowledge what I'm feeling? Is that a thing? So I was, that's still very new, but I was standing next to him and I couldn't really worship because there was this overwhelming sense that he was, he was no longer asking questions, but he had removed himself from, from it. Like that his whole faith was now on the table, that he was gonna ask the questions from outside. And I was totally freaked out because he, because of all of this, it had been now a few months of, um, I'll say the depression, uh, we've never, there was never like a clinical diagnosis, diagnosis but knowing who, what he is when he's fully alive mm-hmm. and then having no joy in any activity and just all the different things that are not Andrew. We'd already been walking through that for a few months. So I c- came home and I told him that. I told him standing next to you is kind of hard. If it feels like you're questioning everything. Tell me if I'm wrong. Please tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> right? But that's when he, he confessed basically, yes, it's all on the table. And that's when I felt like, oh my word, I have no resources. I have like, I feel like I have barely anything left in my resources to handle this. And now you're telling me there's an Everest, like that I might be, I woke up and found myself maybe married to an atheist. <laughs> like, right. yeah. So just, I want to make sure we're painting this picture correctly. Yeah. You guys, you've met in college. You both yeah. got saved at a very young age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You both very passionate about your faith. Yes. And yes. Like doing the Christian thing. And doing you were just like check clocking in. No. You were in it. Like you lived yeah. there. Yeah. You guys get married. Foundational to your relationship is Jesus. Yes. And Christianity oh, yeah. and the Bible and all this stuff. And Absolutely. Then a yeah. few years into your marriage, you have kids together. How long have you been married up to this point? Um, A year? No, so, no, 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 no. Uh, no, up, up to the point of this starts happening. This happened yeah. eight years. So you've been married eight years yeah. now. Yeah. You've done life with this person. He's a yeah. pivotal, a pillar in your world. Yes. And now you wake up one morning and realize yeah. this guy doesn't believe in yes. the foundation of my yes. existence. Doesn't yeah. agree, doesn't connect with that person. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to know, what was it like admitting that to her, knowing the betrayal? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, the, man. Like, yeah. It was... Yeah. It was pure terror. It was pure terror because the thing that I loved was Jesus, and this was this was being ripped from me. And the thing that was the anchor to to my world beyond Jesus it was M- Melissa. Mm-hmm. I love, and and at, at that time I loved Melissa, mm-hmm. and my it was this thought of I'm going to tell this this person who is my absolute world that I'm going that I might come to a conclusion that would tear tear something that that is us uh, apart so so you weren't sure how she'd respond I had no clue no I mean I was I was yeah. terrified I I was secure there was a level of security knowing that she I know her I know how incredible of a person <laughs> Melissa is and how how persistent she is in her love so there is a level of I know her and that she is not like going to be a, I knew it wasn't going to be a rejection, but, but also <clears throat> I don't like causing her pain. And so this was something that was going, that I knew would be heart wrenching for her. There was, yeah. there's a time, <laughs> there's a time, this is an aside, but a year before then, maybe we were snowboarding and, oh, and, um, and she, uh, another snowboarder on the mountain came she and hit her from behind and mm-hmm. she went out and I was already as in like knocked unconscious out 
So not That's not just <laughs> like, not just knocked unconscious. I I I saw him waving his arms. So I ran. I run up the mountain because I was already at the bottom. And I get her, and it was the most terrifying moment of my entire life because I walk. I get to my wife, and she she has her eyes open and she's convulsing, but she's not conscious. And it's like it's like I'm looking at my wife who might be brain dead i don't know she's not breathing it doesn't look like she's breathing she's making noises as if she's not and i, I was like i you know i was i was praying in tongues like mad but i was terrified and then you know some uh, a, a doctor actually showed up within a, a couple of minutes and and helped me and we put on a sign she started breathing again but that was it was a whole experience it was an experience where i was i came face to face with the possibility of losing this person yeah that I love and so that was probably the beginning of depression actually was was my, my me breaking my back right right yeah. um so uh so in doing this yeah. so in so in coming and talking to her and be like yeah I, I'm losing my faith or, or I I don't know it, I don't know my words that I use but it was you were unsure I was unsure I'm sure, unsure of everything I'm, I'm unsure of everything yeah and it it wasn't it wasn't as if she was dying, but there was a level of real pain to yeah, real pain to to bring us up. So. Yeah. so this is a new life has changed now. Yes, you're married to an atheist. Yeah, you're raising your girls. You're like yeah. everything's fine. <laughs> no, what was it like being yeah. you in this story? Yeah. So at that point, I had been trying to get him in to go talk to somebody go talk to a counselor as wives do when their husbands <laughs> need help. Hey, you see and I just that day at that in that first conversation I just looked at him and I said, Okay, I can't make you go. I'm gonna get a counselor. I need help. Like mm -hmm. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I went and found somebody and I don't remember any of our sessions being earth shattering because of her, but it was space. Mm -hmm. It was space and I needed that. I needed to figure out and ask questions in in that place. Um, and it was, I, I started I, I, trying to figure out what were my questions because I felt his so strong and I didn't have, I didn't have answers. And so the questions of, yeah, why haven't you told him his purpose and all these other questions, friendships and different things that I've seen him pray for. Um, and I didn't know at the time, but one of the things that I've discovered after that, I, when I came out here was that the underlining, one of my underlining problems was that I actually believed that I had loved Andrew better than the Lord. Than the Lord. <laughs> right. And um, I think that that started slipping in there because um, I wanted him, God to help him and I didn't know how to help him. And so uh, there is a shift, you know, in, in putting our kids to bed and praying over them, like all these different new little things that you kind of take for granted. They started to become different. They didn't feel the same because like, I know you're you're praying, but it almost feels like lip service now. Oh, he's and still praying with he'll, you. Because, well, they'd ask. They'd ask oh, him to pray wow. over him. Okay. So he would. So he's kind of going through the motions with but, him But um, he, would, he would try oh, to show mm -hmm. up as much as he could. Mm -hmm. I, like, I, think I wasn't... He, I wasn't uh, good. Yeah, I, I think through stuff like that, it wasn't that I would... Uh, it, was, it was more just... I Listen, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'm, I, I was respectful. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole time, um, he stayed, Andrew stayed very soft to me. Like he didn't close himself off. I don't know if I've ever heard of a situation like this where the person was able to stay gentle. 
and and open. So I never felt like I needed to not talk about God or not not ask questions or not celebrate stuff or um, I never felt like I had to do eggshells, you know, walk on eggshells with him. And I think that made a huge difference in my ability to stay okay. Mm. Um, but that was it was in that so Andrew was thinking about coming out and doing BSSM before all this happened and then he didn't want to do it anymore <laughs> I don't know why That's <laughs> why would you not and, want to do uh, <laughs> but I started to and he was like well maybe we're supposed to move for you and so that's to speed that up we decided to move and it was basically like I need to know I need I have I have my own questions I need to discern what is mine and what is yours and I need a chance to actually be all in because I'd always felt, even since when I was little, I was like, either God is, this is real, and it should change absolutely everything about your life. Every single aspect of your life should be different, or it's a waste of my time, and I really needed right. that to be answered. And so that's why we moved out here, because right. I needed help. I needed to figure out my stuff, and I was hoping in putting him in proximity <laughs> to that situation that he would gets you know steamrolled by the lord nice right. yeah nice right. and so my perspective in this we get dinner we go to kobe have yeah. some sushi or when we yes. first when moved, we first when we first moved back. Back. yeah but you were in the thick of this oh yeah right? i remember yeah. you had mentioned to me briefly at some point either right before or after something okay like, he's not okay. happening and i was like wait what yeah yeah, yeah. And like out and i was like what because yeah. the last time i talked to andrew that was not no he was like you know, Technicolor. Yeah. Sort of guys. yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. And so I remember us chatting that night and, yeah. you know, you just kind of being in this place where you weren't sure. And I was like, oh, this is for real. Like, you actually don't know. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It was such an yeah. interesting little snapshot of your journey. I remember that to this day. I still remember standing outside the restaurant, still talking, mm -hmm. um, you know, and just the yeah. lifelessness on some of it or like the maybe the despair or whatever yes. like I yes. don't know what to do um yeah it was bad <laughs> <laughs> and i remember being really shocked and impressed with your resilience mm -hmm. in the midst of that like mm -hmm. you still were on with your in your marriage with your kids in mm -hmm. your journey still like owning your own process like just yeah. present i was like shoot that is impressive yeah because yeah. it's not something you can just avoid or like no. ignore yeah. right that's something day in day out like and yeah. The resilience and vibrancy you were living with, I was really impressed. I oh, thanks. Like that's, yeah. That is some fortitude. Um, pick up, let's pick up from there. What what happened? How? Because you're not that guy anymore. Andrew, <laughs> yeah. what happened? Yeah. Melissa, whoever, I don't know. Who sure. knows? What happened sure. here? So, so she did the first year of school. Sure. And that was... Uh, that was probably interesting. talk about that for a second. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I start doing school. I start... Um, I never would have thought ever... I want to do school separately. I always want to be just us doing it together. But um, I realize now that if we had done that, I would have totally just been focused on him and him getting help. And Jesus, don't even worry about me. Just take care of him. And so Jesus um, loves me a lot and let me actually go through it where I could I could talk to the Lord and get my myself right and I yeah. could ask my questions. But I start having experiences with God that I've like just waited my, my whole life for. Yeah, Sorry, we he's don't talking say. to me. <laughs> um, where I would come home and I'd be like, this is what Jesus just did. Like, and I would tell him, you know, the eyewitness testimony of what Jesus did in my day. And he tried so hard. But he would just go, he would just go, that's great. Oh, oh God. And I was like, 
Um, but Jesus took me through a process, and there was one day where I was, um, I actually mentioned it to you at the restaurant. We both didn't even realize it until we told you that we both had this fear of me starting school and starting to have spiritual intimacy with mm. other people, mm. with yeah. friends, and, and, and what was that going to do? Because for the first time since we had met, our spiritual intimacy was kind of dead. Right. And didn't know how to connect there. Um, but I asked the Lord about it and I was, I was worried and I said, I just, I'm scared that we're going to have something that you and I are going to have our own thing, Jesus. And then you're going to tell me not to tell him that he's not ready for it or to wait. And I hate that idea. Like we just have this non, like this open agreement of just never having that type of stuff between us. And he, God spoke really loudly in my car, and he was like, I've, I'm never going to tell you to keep something from him. I'm asking you to deal with your fear with me before you talk to him about it. Mm. And all of a sudden, I, I could see every conversation I'd ever brought up with him was drenched in terror <laughs> and trying to, like, that the only way to alleviate my fear would be for him to be like, oh, I'd have an encounter, and God is real, and everything's fine. And so every conversation was so terrifying that it would that terror was not helping him. And it was actually just actually pushing him further from asking questions because it was causing I realized later it was causing him to be scared to ask the question because of losing me mm-hmm. and what that would mean. So we go through the first 6 months it's December. I'm like it's going to it's going to happen. I was ter- I was really scared to start a new year with him still in the same place because I felt like that for some reason that to me meant it could be five years, 10 years. I didn't know what we were looking at. I didn't know how long this is going to take. And, uh, um, I suddenly, I came back and it was, um, I was driving into my house and all of a sudden I got really mad. I got really mad because I was looking at my house and I knew that demons are real. And I knew that there was demons of doubt and fear in my house that had permission to be there. And I didn't know what to do about it. I was really mad. And then all of a sudden, um, the Lord spoke to me and he said, but he didn't choose covenant with them. He chose covenant with you. As an Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Like that, yeah, he might not know what's going on. He might not know how to handle that right now. And they are there. But you get to be louder. Like your voice gets to be louder because he chose, like he didn't even know what he got himself into, right? When he chose to be in covenant with you. And I was like, I've never thought about that. Like, so God started teaching me what it was to be a covenant wife. Mm -hmm. And that shifted how I prayed for my husband. It shifted because I believed something different about my prayers. I was like, these are louder. They get to be louder in my house. And so um, God started showing me that I needed to let the word of what he says about Andrew, what he has said about me and my marriage and our future, that that needed to be the only voice that I allowed myself to listen to, period. Mm. And all of a sudden it was, because comparison, you know, I know somebody who's been praying for her husband for 15 years. I know this person who's walked away from the faith and they write all these other noises. And he was like, this has to be the only thing. This has to be your reality. This has to be real. And so I got out everything I could find. I started writing like furiously, every promise, everything that he'd ever told me. And um, I ended up going into treasure hunts and they basically took one look at me and they're like, yeah, you're not okay. We're not going out. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> I'm like sobbing. And they, I call it, they Jericho'd me. Like they put me in the middle and they, they walked around me and prayed for me for 45 minutes 
why I had my paper and I declared what I was going to believe. Wow. And something changed in those those few weeks, those moments, something shifted where in you in me, where when I would come home, I didn't have frustration with where he was. I was I was able to accept where he was because wow. I knew confidently that he wasn't going to stay there anymore. And I didn't have fear over it. And I didn't I wasn't talking to him in fear. And I it became like my situation and the circumstances and the words that he would say were black and white. And the reality of what was on that page was my was like color. Like that actually became more real to me than what I was seeing. And I the I can't even just the hope that I had was so outrageous by drawing a line in the sand and being like, I'm not entertaining anything outside of this. It's like in the beginning of the year, I felt like I was like white knuckling a candle, like stay alive, <laughs> like look for hope, Jesus. <laughs> and instead, just like being in the presence of the Lord and letting him actually be my reality, it, it became a bonfire. I didn't have to hold it anymore. Wow. And you know, when you have a bonfire, you're not, even, you're not even aware of darkness anymore. You're just aware of light. You're just aware of the fact that that's real. Mm. And so that was what I was walking through. And it, it, the fact that at, that at that moment, I didn't, I still didn't know if it was going to take 10 years, right. you know, because I've, um, he has a history of making slow decisions. <laughs> I dated him for five years before we got married. So I didn't know how long <laughs> this was going to take. But the fear of it was like, I still, I don't have to wait in my walk with the Lord. I still get to go after everything that Jesus has for me. And then in that place, he asked me one time, because he admitted he still wasn't asking any of the questions. He wasn't trying to answer them because he was scared. He asked, but what if we come to the conclusion that you believe God is real and I say he's not? And I just <laughs> said, then the conversation's not over because that's not something we're going to just agree to disagree on. That's a really big deal. One of us is wrong. <laughs> I was like, and it's not me. <laughs> so we're just going to have the conversation indefinitely until we agree on this. Mm. And mm. I think that something shifted in that conversation too, where you, you realize that I was going to stay. Mm -hmm. we we're going to, I was going to stay. We we're going to figure mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Let's pop yeah. over to Andrew. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> your version of that? Yeah. Uh, same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't know. Something obviously shifted on your end then. She's describing it. Oh, oh she's oh, like, right. right? Like, how is that for you? Or what's um, happening? Well, I mean, that was that was a terrifying thought to the idea of losing her. And when when she said that, it was like, okay, she's not she's not concerned about this. She's she's persevering with me mm -hmm. in this. And and there's still there still wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily the answer wasn't oh I will be married to you forever even if you always um, uh, think yeah. that God doesn't exist it was just hey we're I'm not done yeah. <laughs> so so that was, to be fair, that was that was that was scary to be fair oh, yeah. there was that hesitation like yeah. I, I told you that when we got married I went through before we got before we walked down the aisle if he cheated on me, if I right. cheated on him, if we got diseased, if I got lamed, if he got lamed, if like I tried to think of all the scenarios of hard times in marriage, I never once considered one of us losing our faith. Yeah. That wasn't on. So when you were posing that, I did. I there was a pause where I went, "Oh man, do I do I can I do what God's called me to do?" If you decide this something differently, like, am I going right. to be able to do what God's called me in my life with you? 
if you're not on board? What's that going to be like? And the answer, yes, came quickly. But I never thought I would even have a, a I pause. Have to ask it. I have to ask it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. That's what it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving yeah. forward, something yeah. shifted. Something happening. So, so fast forwarding a little bit. So it was after all, all, she went through the whole first year of school at Bethel, mm-hmm. this, um, in this, in this spot, and I was in that spot. Uh, not much changed, really. Uh, it wasn't until the summer afterwards, and she was, we were talking, and then um, she, she noticed something on me. I and, saw uh, a demon on your shoulder. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> noticed something. <laughs> right. Okay, you so, saw it with your eyes. With a spirit eyes. Okay, I don't see much, eyes, right. okay. but it was very sudden. I knew exactly what it looked like. I knew what where. What did it look like? It looked like um, somewhere a mix between a small fox and a squirrel, and it was about this big, and it was on his shoulder, and it was red, and it was facing his face, yeah. and it was breathing like steam into his yeah. forehead. <laughs> so, into his forehead. Into his head. Nice. Okay. Yeah, it was so super weird. So she noticed something on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. She, not, she noticed something on my shoulder. Yeah. Like so. So then I asked, "Oh, uh, what? What do I do with this?" And she said, "I'm not touching it." And she, had, she had just she had just read the book Spirit Wars, and, and yeah. there's that concept where if you flush something out, but you don't fill it with something. That yeah. he goes back and he brings many friends to torment you, right? That that whole she was very familiar it's with like that if you're not that idea. To Jesus, I'm not doing anything, right? And so that lot that brought a lot of time of talking to each other, yeah. but it ultimately brought to this brought me to this place where I I just recognized how much I missed God, yeah. and I just really missed Him, and. I, I had this picture where I felt like I was on one side of a wall and God was on the other side of the wall. And I was sitting here asking my questions and I just missed him. And yeah. I wanted to be with him. And so I asked the question, well, can I just hop over the fence and ask, this, <laughs> ask these questions, still ask these questions, but do it with you instead of separated? And, and I felt that invitation. So that's exactly what what I prayed and I asked. I felt God I'm hopping the fence, <laughs> you know. And uh, and at that time, it wasn't a full commitment. It wasn't I'm abandoning everything for you, God. But it was definitely something where I I was comforted. Yeah. Where I felt His comfort, and that started me. It was it was as some it was a it was a door opening, and I was saying yes in a lot of ways, but there was still still asking lots of different questions. And or or at least had questions to yeah. that weren't that weren't unanswered, mm-hmm. and I and that that started this process of like getting to know again a, a long lost friend yeah. and learning how to trust again and and, and figuring this thing out. Okay, is this what is this? And, yeah. and so that that was a very long to fast forward that aspect of of our time. That was. A full year yeah. of walking that yeah. slower pace out, and yeah. um, was so less than second year while this is happening. Yeah. Oh yeah, well that's it. And you're not having a logical process with the Lord. You're responding to Him in an affectionate, like intimacy place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I keep asking these questions, but I want to do it with you instead of apart from you? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you're, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So 
she asked it that when she was going to do second year, she asked if I wanted to try the school, and I just wasn't ready. I just couldn't. I, I wasn't ready. Oh. And uh, and then another year passed by, and then uh, so it was this past summer, beginning of this past summer, mm-hmm. and then uh, she went on a trip, and then yeah. I just I I just really desired to do the school, so I went and I I applied to do the school, and mm-hmm. and the reason that was going on inside of me was that I, I still, I still missed God. And if there was a chance where I could know him and if he could be real to me, if I could touch his face and I could feel his touch back, if there was a chance for that, then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try. I'm going to just try at least. <laughs> and then if it, it doesn't pan out, then whatever. But at least I knew I tried. But you did show up to BSSM like, school. So, so school of Bethel starts, right? I kind of homework. I just, oh yeah, I was just, that was all sorts of fun. And, oh, I did not want to be there at all. I didn't want to be there at all. I just, for the full, like, two weeks, I would sit in class and also the worship. And I was just like, oh, I just want to leave. <laughs> 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 I just want to go home. I don't want to yeah. be here. And then uh. this glorious day, I texted him and asked him how he was. And he texted back, I am in torment. <laughs> but and it wasn't was about. Like, I was like, I think something's happening. <laughs> first year so, yeah. is so that happening. Was, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was two weeks in. And, and uh, uh, Chris Volatin, he, he did something that he said that he's never done before in class. And he said, hey, I felt this. <laughs> this prompting to invite you all, anyone who wants to, to re- essentially recommit or commit for the first time your life to Christ. I think and he thought like five people were going to stand. I, I don't know. Like he didn't see. He didn't. He didn't see. Yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of people respond. A good number of people responded somewhere in that yeah. range. <clears throat> and I wanted to, and I was on the edge of my seat, and I, I was. Almost, <laughs> but I didn't, and I was in. I was in this turmoil inside. I'm not laughing at your pain. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> I'll get you back. No, because it was good. It was good pain. It was good discomfort. Yeah, yeah. Good. So I, so I, but I couldn't because I, because there was stuff that I needed to figure out here. I hope I, my spit didn't hit you from across the table. Good. <laughs> but there was stuff that I needed to figure out here. Mm-hmm. I needed to actually, I couldn't just do it and it not be Authentic. real. Yeah. I had to have, because I went through this thing and I couldn't just say it. It had to be real for me. Yeah. So so I, I walked around. I, I left the school. I just went walking around after school, and then and then I, I went home. I talked to Melissa about it, but there was just all this stuff trying to figure out. And then in that next morning, so before before school starting, and I'm I'm sitting there praying. I'm just like God. I there's all these different questions, but a big part of it was I don't know if I'm going to be able to be faithful. Mm. I don't know if I'm. When I say, if I say yes, if I'm going to be able to be faithful, and that was a large part of my mm-hmm. question. 
<clears throat> and then I'm getting dressed in my room and I'm just like, God, it would just be so much easier if I just said yes. <laughs> like, could I just say yes and, and you just take care of the rest? Could I just say yes? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I heard him say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which might sound, you know, of course to, to, to someone else, but to me in that moment, I was like, what? Yeah. But two okay, years okay. of doubt and yeah. two years of questioning yourself and two yeah. years. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I was yeah. like, all right, God, I say yes. I say yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I, they're, they're going to do baptism that day. And I, it was just for the people that were, that had stood up. So I was like emailing people like, hey, can I join? I want to join. I want to say yes. I want to tell everyone that I'm saying yes. <laughs> uh, to sum it up. In a way, it was, I, I didn't care. I didn't care. I would look the fool, and I, I wouldn't care what it would come across as to anybody else if, because I just wanted to know his touch. Mm-hmm. And this was, my, this was an opportunity, so God, I'm just saying yes. I want you, even if I am an idiot for doing <laughs> what I'm doing, but I just want you. Yeah. And... And so I did, and then that day I, I was able to get a part of the group that was being baptized, and um, mm-hmm. and then I, I I felt some really fun emotions, it, like leading up to because we're all in line get to be baptized, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this, this this feels really good. This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. I don't know, but this is good. Yeah. And she, and I, I, and I got to be there. yeah, she got to be there, and I I did get baptized that day, and she held my. She held my hand afterward and my finger, and she said, "You know this." She said something at the time that I didn't realize was as bright and true and as big as what she what it was. Ring finger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my ring finger. Yeah, and she, she says, uh, "Today, today you are wed to God, and and just like how we got wed, today is the day you're wed." And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's right." But I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. as it wasn't as profound to me as as profound it is it actually was so i called to slip in one of the reasons that because it felt like when he first was like i miss you jesus it almost felt like a betrothal like a getting to know but the commitment the line in the sand hadn't been made yet Mm -hmm. and it felt like that was that the baptism day felt like that moment and that's when i got the picture of the kingdom that reminded me of you um where I saw this picture of like the kingdom of God. It was almost like there was this gate and that, that Andrew had a call in his life to actually explore the kingdom. Like it, maybe go places in the kingdom of heaven that other people haven't gone, but that he'd spent so much of his time worrying whether or not he was in or not, whether or not mm-hmm. it was real or not, that he needed to get in <laughs> past the gate Mm-hmm. And go do the things with Jesus that God has for him. And it's fun. It's not the obligation stuff of, of the past right. religiosity stuff. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And I knew that um, the way that he views our marriage is permanent. It, there's a permanence to it. There's a, yeah. a not questioning me. There's not worrying about me. It, there's there's something where we get to go do stuff together because there's something s- solid. solid. And I felt like that was what the Lord was inviting him to do. Like that there was that level of permanence. Right. Um, and it's been totally different ever yeah. since that day. 
Yeah. So, so since then, it's just, it's been a time where I get to be wooed and I've, in, in, in so many words, I've, I get to touch him. Mm-hmm. I get to feel his one wondrous caress over my heart mm-hmm. and I get to look at his face metaphorically, but also imaginatively, <laughs> but look at him and, and feel his look back and hear his words and dream dreams and have wondrous imagination with him mm-hmm. all of it is is the experience with me and him and i get to be with him yeah. and this is and it's the thing that i would i like i said before i would be the fool mm-hmm. i would be a fool because yeah. i it is it is what was said is true that a man who gives up what he can't keep yeah and receives back <laughs> what he can't lose is is no fool at all, and I'll be I'll play that fool mm-hmm. any day, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, it's, I, it's I'll say that it's changed every cell of him, like every every part, mm-hmm. things that I used to really want him to do that in my head don't have anything to do with spirituality. Yeah. He's taken back, like he's. He has a presence in our home and and a covering over our family that's totally new. And he celebrates me and the kids in a totally new way. And he takes care of our house like in a different way. Like he he like the whole honey to do list, like whatever. Like he cares about it, you know. Like he's we have a budget. We have like just like like things. But honestly, like the like the the diligence and like he's always been a man of diligence. And responsibility but yeah it's the fact that it has changed every aspect every single one yeah. um for better yeah. and he's alive yeah. like he's and fully alive i yeah so so in this process probably about a couple of months ago <clears throat> i i was talking with melissa and we were on a walk talking about stuff and and i was i forget what prompted it but it was but there was this hey i just want I want to deal with whatever fear of, of falling back into all the stuff that I had fallen into in the first place or, yeah. or whatever. And she, she said something that was oh, so good. <laughs> um, and, and she, she was saying, Hey, you need, you need, you're not, you need to figure out what your non-negotiables are. Like, what are your non-negotiables? Yeah. And I thought, so really good. That's okay. Yes. Yeah. So I I left there and I just went to our I went back to our house because we were at a park next door. I just started typing away and and it created <laughs> I created what was essentially yeah. started out as really at that day it was ten but ten core values. And yeah, and it, I had it grew no idea from there. what that conversation was going right. to do ignite in you. <sighs> right. Right. But, you but took it, it. Yeah. <laughs> and so Seriously. and I thought about. How to sum them up? There's many, but they they all come back to essentially three things, and primarily, and that's I I've resolved in my heart that I'm not going to doubt God. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to doubt God. I'm not going to doubt my connection with Him, mm-hmm. because it was never about me or my capabilities in the first place <laughs> to be connected to Him. It was 
a hundred percent the blood of Jesus that was meant to reconcile me to him. So I get to be reconciled if forever and always without it ever taking anything away from me. So I don't doubt him. I don't doubt my connection to him. And I don't doubt myself because I, because if I was to doubt myself, I'd be doubting the very words of God of what he has said about me. That's right. So I get to live in a place where I don't have to doubt any of those things ever again. And to clarify, you know, that's a loaded statement, not to doubt yourself. But but I don't doubt what God has said and made me. Yeah. And I might have a thought that is doesn't line up, but that's the thing. I get to have the thoughts that he lined up because that is just simply who I am. I don't have to question my identity based off of anything. Yeah. It's <clears throat> I uh Lisa I, I heard I saw this video by someone named Lisa Nicole it was the first video I ever saw of her and she said something that I I I've ran with and it was, you know, what what other people think about you Ain't none of your business, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's where I've resolved my heart is that what other people think about me personally and about God it's just not my business. My only business is what my God says about me, yeah. who my God is, and what His thoughts are. That's my only business is yeah. to think like He thinks. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to do. I just have to think like He thinks, and it's very simple. And and I can recognize how doubt in my past has tried to it come in whatever form, but it has looked to offer me something but whatever it is offering it's offering me something that is so inferior to what is what god is offered me it's like trying to get me to eat a week old stale mcdonald's meal when i have before me (laughs) when i have before me a delicate a delicacy of a feast, yeah. a magnificent feast that I get to eat every single day. And it just simply is, I am close with the one that I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's where yeah. I am. It's wow. like he has doubt armor. <laughs> armor against doubt. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, well, he's sabotaged for here. too long. Yes, yes. Wow. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Goodness. Yeah. Um, what a fascinating... I guess I just want to throw in a couple of thoughts, yeah. uh, just from my observations of this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa, you had this place where you're wrestling with the Lord and your own questions, and what yeah. am I supposed to be thinking, what am I supposed to do, what am I allowed to be part of, whatever. Yeah. And somewhere in there, God's addressing the fear you had yes. about this yeah. with Him before, whatever, right? Uh, as you speak into that place, I'm, yeah. I think I'm observing from the outside looking in, faith comes by hearing. Yes hearing by the word of God, hearing what God's saying, right? Yes. And so that catalyzed something in you, and then it brought this expectation, right? It informed your future. Like, you don't know when, you don't know how long, but yep. you know this thing isn't staying this way. Yeah. My voice is more powerful than these demons or whatever. Yeah. And you came with this conviction and this vision that you didn't come up with. It no. kind of erupted from inside and consumed, right? We yeah. talk about that bonfire and all you could see is light. You're yeah. not aware of the darkness anymore. Yeah. 
fascinating to see the effects of faith the on the human life, right? Yes. And what it does mm. to a person and what they're capable yes. of and the credit we can give to them. They're like, yeah, it doesn't belong to me. I didn't do this, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I hear that in your testimony of just mm. what you experienced in that process. God spoke to you, a faith erupted and equipped you to move into this yeah. thing in the way that you were empowered to and you didn't have to come under the nonsense. Obviously, you had your journey for that, but then the yeah. faith came to just clear the path and it wasn't something you did. It was yeah. something that was done for you and something that su- oh, yeah. was supplied for you. Yeah. And I actually have a I have a verse for that. Yeah, let's hear it. So in Romans 4, when he's, he's going back and talking about Abraham, Paul's talking about Abraham being the father of the faith, like the, the faith is the thing that unifies us. Like it was... Abraham believed God. Like there's such there's this a finality to that statement. That statement doesn't involve he's considering it. He's in process. <laughs> totally, yes. For it. Right. He just believed God. And then it talks about the things that he reaped from that belief and including that he faced the fact that his body was old and that his, his wife was like that he was near dead, that his wife was and it's like that belief gave him the the ability to actually face the fact and be undaunted by it and not have fear of it and to not concern himself with it. And the fact that then it says like, even with the time he got strengthened in his faith and it's how often, how do you face delay without discouragement, without disappointment? You face it because you've decided whose voice you're going to listen to up front. You decide it and that's the voice that matters. And I think that's the way that Abraham, 25 years and he's like growing in faith. Like who, who does that, right? How do you actually allow time to go where you don't get discouraged and frustrated because time's passed, but you are excited, more excited about right. the passing. And I had been studying that this past weekend. I was like that, I think that this is why this passage keeps resonating with me is because God actually showed me it's possible to do that with him right but only with him <laughs> because the time progressed the faith intensified yeah mm-hmm. expectation yeah. a good thing and i yeah. love the single-minded yeah. like commitment to that that it yeah. came with this conviction mm-hmm. it wasn't like a maybe in a like yeah. considering like you said yeah, it was no like a, this is what's happening we're yeah. moving in this direction yeah. i'm not considering anything else that's that's him yeah. that's the lord he's like that yeah. love that yeah. so cool and then over here we've got the the intellectual process and yeah. like observing of facts and yeah. figures and data and whatever and like not having the answers for that and eroding this foundation that was just so maybe ignorantly like enjoyed or whatever mm. whatever that was and then somewhere along the way you discovering in your own sincere honest scary vulnerable process the facts were actually inferior to your desires mm-hmm. like you yeah. actually wanted truth more than you wanted facts that's right? good you wanted mm-hmm. him more than you wanted it stuff entirely yes and that became in your human process as maybe unintellectual as that might feel as oh yeah if you're talking about a scientific method that's not very scientific right you're like looking at your emotions and your desires and your longings and these deep like things that's hard to explain in english and that is what moved you into a place where you got to get out of the hellhole that you were in Mm -hmm. of listening to and believing things that were feeding you mcdonald's we call mcdonald's yeah um I love that in that process, you got to become conscious of a deeper spiritual movement that maybe doesn't have language out here yet, or maybe you didn't understand it yet, but you were aware of it and you were willing to respond and you Mm. allowed that to inform your process. Mm -hmm. Because I have a huge value for intellectualism and, you know, Mm -hmm. logic and reason and analysis. I really appreciate those things. I don't think they're opposed to spirituality or, you know, sensitivity to the spirit. I think they actually work together. They just there's an order to this, right? And so I love mm-hmm. getting to see in your process you responding to the movement of spirit that then informed how you handled any of these details. Yeah. yeah. Right? And yeah. 
this life is coming out of you, you know, yeah. like you, you went from <laughs> thoughtful, meticulous, like, I want to say these things. Here's how this was laid out to you're yelling, you're laughing, there's this energy and vibrancy, right? That's just even in this present moment coming out of you. Right. Yeah. It's not logical. It's something yeah. more than logic, right? Yeah. And yeah. logic can come to support that, but it's there to serve and observe. It's not there to supply it. It's it, yeah. something deeper, right? And yeah. It's beautiful and profound. And yeah, I just love getting to hear the testimony, yeah. like you guys bearing witness to what the Lord is doing in each of you and yeah. giving him like license and freedom to get to tell it instead of yeah. you imposing your agenda or you don't want people to know or how you think yeah. it should go. Like, I love right. that religion isn't getting to touch this. Like, Yay. it's so refreshing. And mm. Yeah, thank mm. you for being honest and authentic. And oh, I mean, obviously you. that happened a long time ago. I love that you both have this courageous willingness to face what is happening yeah. mm -hmm. and not just try and shove it under because it's right. not Christian or it's not acceptable or whatever. Right. And you actually right. walked it out like, I mean, I'd like to wager you're way more faith-filled and convicted now than you oh, were yeah. before you didn't doubt, oh. right? Oh, yes. And it's not because of the doubt. The doubt didn't supply that. It was you getting to say yes to the Lord in the way that you hadn't really got, needed to before, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's so cool to see his faithfulness. And yeah. it's beautiful to experience it. And thank you for sharing this. I think yeah. it's amazing. And yeah, I love that we get to share it with people. Yeah. I, I think that people have mistakenly made synonymous doubt and questioning. And I don't think they're the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. That, I think that that's a big problem mm -hmm. that people totally. think in order to be able to question and ask that they need to welcome in doubt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not the same thing. Yeah. And one will one leads you towards somebody and brings intimacy and closeness and one makes you feel fearful and, and scared alone. and un, like, uncertain about everything, yeah. you know, like wavering in faith. Wow. For sure. What an important what, distinction. What's interesting, I, I wasn't really even thinking about it. <laughs> Till, till as you were talking, but I I actually have in these past few months a lot of those questions that I didn't they just became less important. They just weren't important because it's like I I don't care. Because <laughs> if I could grab you, if I could get a hold of you, God, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And getting him, it's like those things don't matter. But what's funny is that I've been finding answers yeah. to a lot of those questions <laughs> yeah. and I haven't even be, been looking or caring about them. Yeah. It, it's, it's become so unimportant, but somehow there's this beauty in a full circle. And yeah. I know, and, and I, I want to say, I will highlight that. Not everything's full circle. Not everything, not everything do I get. There's so much mystery. There's still obviously mystery, yeah. but, but it's, it is, I do get to testify to the wonder of God that, that, Yes, these things are substandard, but and they will be. But he's still somehow answering it. Yeah. And uh -huh. but it's answering it after I realized what what I really cared about. Yeah. I I just care about being close and feeling him. It, like, feeling him, yes, emotionally and and uh, sensing, mm. but just the real being yeah. close. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. So good. Thank you. you got, yeah, we got to use it to wrap up. Yeah, um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, obviously, we'd love it if you could subscribe to the podcast. Yay. Give this episode a thumbs up or five stars or whatever. However, does we rate that? If it's authentic, please, we welcome that. Um, and yeah, we look forward to hosting you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.